You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there. This is the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going up to Scotland, and I'm speaking to a fantastic artist named Kerry Watt. Hi, Kerry. Hi. How are you doing? I'm actually doing great, thank you. I've just taken a break from some DIY. I'm doing up my kitchen and utility at the moment. So this is a nice little rest. I've been standing all day and my hands are all (laughs) standing. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, if your kitchen's anything like the room that you're in at the moment, I'm sure it'll be amazing. I mean, we're we're talking on Zoom right now and I can see like the background and there's a lovely like deep blue and a nice little wooden centerpiece with guitars around it and a lovely little yellow lampshade. It's brilliant. Well, that's what lockdown's been so good for. We just like got right into all the DIY, you know, that I've wanted to do since I moved to this place and we've had all the time to do it. So done up this room and then did something upstairs and yeah, now we're around to the kitchen and utility. So hopefully by the time Christmas comes, we can maybe host something here, which would Ooh. be nice. Have yeah. you got Have you got family nearby that can come visit? Or yeah, my parents are like twenty minutes away. My sister's twenty minutes away, and my brother lives in Nashville, so he's a little far. But he'll hopefully be home for Christmas. <gasps> the lucky devil. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How have you been finding the um, weather we've had recently? Well, we haven't had it quite like like down south up here, but the last couple of days have been really hot. We had that incredible, like insane rain a couple of days ago with yeah. um with the lightning, like the electric lightning storm. That was yeah. really, really cool. But generally it it was cold here, I would say, a couple of weeks ago, but now it's like a perfect temperature, but it's not blazing sun like it is like all my friends have got in London. So it's it's comfortable, it's lovely. I mean, I'm based here just on the outskirts of York, and at the moment it's 26 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's lovely. I mean, the past few days it's barely gone below 30, and it's just been really, it's been too hot. I know, sometimes it does get like that, doesn't it? I'm actually not that jealous of my friends living in London, because when I lived down there, you know, none of the the flats, well, certainly the ones I lived in, none of them have air conditioning. <laughs> we're yeah. just not prepared for heat here, are we, really? No. Well, that's it. We're, yeah. ne- we're never prepared for um, snow. We're never prepared for rain. We're never no. prepared for anything. No. <laughs> we just deal with it as it comes. Now, the main reason why we're here is you've got yeah. a song out called Jesse. I do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Love it. I mean, <laughs> when you listen... I'm just going to give my quick little synopsis and brief opinion, and then I'm going to leave the floor to you. But I love how mm-hmm. all your other songs, you've got this, you kind of hide your accent a bit. But with Jesse, mm-hmm. the Scottish really comes out. It, you can, it's like assenuated. It's like, it's just there, and I love it. it it's your personality. I love it. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really old song. It was like, so I was trying to figure out if it was the first or second song ever I wrote. But so when I started writing songs back at like in 2011, so at the start of the decade, yeah, I used to send the lyrics to my mum. 
<laughs> well, because I, I didn't like know anyone in music. You know, I didn't have a manager. I wasn't friends with musician people. So she was the person I would like send as if I was like sending my homework to her to check. Yeah. And so I went back in my emails recently and it was the start of June 2011 that I sent her Jesse. So that must have been one of the first songs. And I played it live a lot the first couple of years that I was, you know, trying to get into music. And then just kind of got shelved because some of the people I was working with were like, it's too country, that's not cool, like it doesn't appeal to a wide audience. And I was a bit gutted, but you know, I was young, I was in my early twenties, I was impressionable and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So kind of dropped it for a bit. And then recently, um, so I'm now signed to the label Cooking Vinyl who are major champions of independent artists. And they were like, yeah, like we love this song, let's, let's go for it. So finally, got the chance to put it out and um, yeah I'm really happy she's getting to just getting to be out in the world now. So how come it's taken so long from writing it to then actually saying okay it's now ready for actually putting instrumentation is it just a case of it's you being ready? Yeah I think well it was just like it needed to be it needed to be with the right sort of collection of songs um because standalone is it's quite well the lyrics are quite shocking jesse dies in the bridge <laughs> yeah. and um yeah, with the kind of music that i was releasing before it definitely didn't fit but this new collection of songs they're a bit grittier songs like cut me loose and one that i've got coming out um in the future hellfire they're a lot kind of darker and uh this just felt like the right place for for Jessie so um so here she is she's out now one of the stereotypical questions that people always ask and I'm going to ask it is like you say it's, it's got a dark bridge but where did the inspiration come from to write Jessie like wow yeah um so at the time that I wrote it I I had I was actually working in musical theatre, used to be an actor, and I was touring around the UK in this show for a year, and it was like long days at the theatre, and often we'd have, you know, all day just in the theatre before the show at night, and um, so someone on the on the road had a guitar, and I just picked up the guitar and started messing around, and within a couple of months I'd learned some chords and stuff. And then I started like having little melody ideas and I just wrote about what I knew at the time, what was going on in my life, which was this show, you know, it was like all consuming. And there was this character in the musical of Jekyll and Hyde called Lucy. And she is like a lady of the night that performs in this seedy bar in old London. She's got a really Cockney accent and she falls into the hands of Dr. Hyde, Mr. Hyde, it's Doc, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And he's like the evil dark side and he ends up murdering her in the show. And so Jesse was kind of inspired by a mix of that character and a mix of the character that I played. Um, and I had named her Jesse in my head. She was just like Dancing Girl One or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, and so it's very much like a narrative storytelling song. There's no truth to it whatsoever. But that was what a lot of my early songs were. They were stories about people either that I'd met or that I'd dreamed up or that I'd read about in a book, a play, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you said that answer because 
if that was based on like real life events because obviously when people write songs <laughs> it could either be fiction or non-fiction you know it could be an autobiography yeah. or just a random story and I'm so glad you've said it's based off that <laughs> it wasn't about me well I'm still here now when it comes to writing songs do you take inspiration from like everything you see around you like you mentioned the Dr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm-hmm. kind of plays it, what is yeah. that all your other songs as well based upon similar scenarios or is there other songs that have been written from life it's such a huge mix there's so many that are personal experience so of my recent singles that was cut me loose and that was kind of written about a bad relationship and then there was chasing airplanes and that was about me turning 30 and wanting to start a family and like figure out how that all fits into trying to be a music artist um and then Kissing Fools, which came out at the start of this year, that was inspired by all my favourite 90s movies. So honestly, every single one is something different. And I think that's what makes it so fresh and exciting um, as a songwriter. Uh, and especially during periods like now, you know, with lockdown, I haven't been anywhere for six months. So you have to find new ways to find inspiration, whether it's through books or movies or um stories that friends have told you yeah because uh, there's not always something dramatic going on in my life you know <laughs> so so yeah it's a real mix now you mentioned kissing fools there based on like 90s movies mm-hmm. the actual video to it's rather um yeah i thought it was rather interesting i mean for those that haven't seen it it's basically a kid comes home and you're in the kitchen making pasta yeah, I play his older sister. And he goes up to his room and it's like a like a 90s, 50s, 90s, 60s kind of movie that he keeps just rewinding this kissing scene. Yeah. It's... Yeah, so he's... <laughs> the actor that we got to play that role is called Cody Molko and his dad is Brian Molko from Placebo and he's an amazing young actor. He's only 14, but he was just so full of energy and super talented. Um, anyway, he... Yeah, so his character, the idea was that he was kind of got to that age where he was getting interested in girls and kind of became obsessed with learning how to kiss. So there's like, when the scene pans out on his whole bedroom, you see he's got all these um, cutouts from magazines of like famous kisses um, from from all the 90s teen movies that song was inspired by. And it's just really, really sweet. And he gets his kiss from the girl at the school dance in the end. And it was actually a load of fun. I wanted to do the video for that song. I did. I wanted to obviously be in it in a way, but kind of really step back and, and let someone else tell the stories. So that's why I just played the minor role. It's his older sister. And it was so fun to just be involved and work with all the kids who um, did the school dance and kind of teach them their routine and <laughs> hang out with them and just be around really young, fresh, exciting, new talent. I loved that part of it. When you're teaching these school kids what to do, basically, do you feel like the older sister trying to teach a new dance routine in front of the living room? Totally, totally. Yeah, because I, I mean, I was then, doesn't seem that long ago, but that was me like half my lifetime ago. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how quick time goes? Yeah, it's quite frightening, especially like this last six months. I always thought, you know, when you were bored, <laughs> time yeah. sort of drags, but this year has just flown by. It's, it's wild. 
I mean, that exactly that. I found, I was thinking about it the other night. This year has gone so quick, but three quarters of it, we've all been stuck inside. So it just shows that we can keep ourselves occupied even when we're stuck in the four walls of our house. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's so much to learn. Like, and I, I mean, I can't imagine what this would have felt like years before the internet. But I've taken like an online course and things like that, and just learned so much new stuff. And I know it's obviously it's been really difficult for a lot of people, um, for all kinds of reasons. But hopefully, there's some positive that the majority of us can take from it. Now you mentioned online course. Can I ask what it was in? Oh, yeah, biology. Biology? Yeah. (laughs) Can I ask, like, why biology? Like, why? Well, I'm really, like, interested in the environment. And I've just, I've been learning, sort of trying to learn things here and there. Like, I did a, a really short course on ecosystems, which I knew nothing about. But just trying to learn about, um how to take care of the world really and how everything got here and how everything connects and just really fascinates me and it's just kind of a personal hobby but I finally had time to sit down and do it that's that's fantastic I mean there's so much I'd love to be able to do I mean you say taking care of the world I'd, I'd love to be able to just physically take care of the world and like go to like the local river and go with a couple of bin bags and just go for a mile yeah. and just collect any kind of rubbish. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's a big, big thing now regarding like plastic in the oceans and yeah, it, it's sad, really. It is. And it's, it's actually been, it's been quite frustrating up here. I live quite far out of the city um, and we're surrounded by lots of beautiful scenery. And because a lot of people around Scotland can't go on their holidays everyone's coming out here to the countryside which we welcome with open arms but they just leave their litter and it's so sad and so frustrating for the people that live out here and do keep it really beautiful and you know these people just come for an hour or two in the afternoon and leave it a mess so that is something that I'm a bit of an advocate for. I totally agree I mean my favorite one of my favorite phrases is leave nothing but footprints. Yeah I like that too. Definitely. It just, it just nails it on the head. Now, yeah. what is there around in the countryside for you to do then, say, now that we can actually start going out a little bit now? You know, what is there for you? Yeah, well, I'm a big hiker, so we go on lots of hikes, and it was a little frustrating kind of in the first few months of lockdown. They actually closed... Um, a lot of the car parks that are at the bottom of some of the big hills could you know to avoid big crowds coming so there were some of our favorite ones that um I didn't get to do but now those have all reopened so loads of hiking um there's like down at the water people take boats out I mean I don't have a boat but it's so nice to sit and watch everyone you know watch all the boats go out on Loch Lomond and it's just it's really beautiful you don't have to go far to to have fun around here because there's a, there's always walks or hikes or running or just exploring really like I went on a walk a couple of days ago and discovered this waterfall that I had no idea existed about 25 minutes walk from where I live and it was so amazing that's what I love that that is like the ultimate 
place to be. I mean, I'm lucky here because I've I've got quite a lot of countryside around me, and then I'm like a short drive away from like York City Centre, and then I can go the about yeah. thirty minutes the other way and go to Leeds. So, you know, I've got yeah. I've got a mixture of everything, but to be able just that's to, really nice. Just to go for a twenty five minute walk and come across a waterfall. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what songs are written about. Yeah, totally. Well, one of the things um, when I did the little course on ecosystems, um, you had to go and do your own case study and you could choose like any area in the world that you wanted to explore. And I was like, I'm just going to research what's right around here. And I learned about all the animals that used to roam this land that we now live on, um, bears and um links and you know just animals that obviously haven't lived here for a very long time but it was so interesting to learn about why they disappeared and how that changed the plants and everything it's really fascinating it is really fascinating i mean down i think it's norwich it's a, like a colony of beavers have just randomly started appearing again in like a certain river really and they've not oh, been there cool. for they've not been there for like decades. And now that they're back, the government said like they're staying there. It's you know it's now by law they've got to stay there rather than trying That's to great. cull them. But yeah, it's it's great it's great to see nature yeah. almost restarting. I mean, the skies are bluer, the water's cleaner. Totally, totally. That has been amazing to see, especially those first couple of months when you start to see those pictures and videos. And I mean, I don't know how much of it was totally you know, accurate, but a lot of it seemed like it probably was with the air pollution and things like that. Um, it's really, really good to see. Now with lockdown, it's kind of hampered everybody. It stopped people from doing things that they had planned to do. Now, what did you, yeah. have, what did you have planned for 2020? I was going to run a marathon this year, which was one of my biggest letdowns because they all got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I'd been so, so on track and was going to be like, you know, in the right shape and everything to do it. And then when lockdown happened and I knew that I wasn't going to be doing it, I just kind of totally lost it and I stopped training and I feel so guilty about it. I'll need to get it back for next year. Uh, so that was disappointing. And then the, the major thing was that my debut album was supposed to come out this year. Um, so we've pushed it back to next year I mean it could have come out this year but I felt like for me my favorite part about music is performing live and yeah. to release an album with no live shows just felt like really sad so I thought why rush it I, I can keep releasing music but just hold off the actual album release until next year yeah so you're gonna still be releasing like singles have you got you've got yeah. an EP coming up? Yeah, I've actually got a few EPs. So that was one thing that I decided to do so I could keep the content coming was um the EPs are a mix of uh songs from the album, not all of them obviously, but just yeah. some more teasers from the album and some covers. So uh chapter one, I've named them chapter one, two, and three. Chapter one comes out next month. Uh, chapter two will be out by the end of the year and then chapter three after Christmas just before the album release see the great thing is when you release your album all you have to do is chapter four and that's all the hidden songs you just put them into like a book exactly <laughs> something like that see that's that's yeah. perfect it's perfect marketing and forward thinking I love it it just sort of like yeah it gives the album more life you yeah. know it's gonna 
last across probably it'll end up being three years since it's it's been a year already since I started putting out some of the singles from the album which seems a long time and initially I felt like just really bummed about it but now I actually think it's a positive thing especially with streaming and you know content having to deliver consistent content I think it's a good move yeah now we were talking about videos earlier and chasing airplanes yeah is that you and your band that's all me. All you. Wow. They're all me. All four of those girls are in me in different weeks. <laughs> oh my. You oh didn't my. realize I that. I didn't realize that till now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that and look at it in a different light. Whose, uh-huh. I- whose idea was it to like portray yourself in like different disguises? Mine. I just thought it'd be so fun. I love so wigs. <laughs> and so I just wanted like an excuse to wear all my different wigs really <laughs> so yeah I gave them all different personalities and names and for a while after that video came out I actually did this whole thing on my Instagram where like every week um, one of them would do like a takeover on my stories so yeah. I would get back into character and it was really funny <laughs> oh, what, what's the character's names? So the guitar player, um, that's the one with the red hair, she was called Sage. Um, the the one with the, the sort of Pulp Fiction style Black Bob thing yeah. was Darla. She was the drummer. Um, what was the pianist called? That was the one that, that wasn't me but looked most like me. What is her name again? I can't remember. Um, but she was the sort of like preppy geeky cheerleadery type one and then there was me being me as a singer do you find that putting wigs on allows you to express a different kind of side to you totally i i used to do it all the time when i was younger i would go to clubs and stuff in different disguises <laughs> it's just really fun i think coming from a sort of acting background any excuse to you know play someone a bit different and have a bit of fun with characters i love it that's brilliant. That's that's fantastic. I mean, obviously people can't see me at the moment because this is an audio podcast, but I'm grinning from ear to ear. That's really stumped me. You've played the characters very, very well, I've got to say. Well, the, the guys that filmed it were really clever because obviously there's a couple of scenes where two of the characters are interacting. So we had to film it with like, there's a scene where there's there's two me's on the same sofa and I don't know how they do it, how they cut it together, but we filmed it with, you know, me doing each one and then someone sitting in pretending to be the other me while we got one shot. It was really magic. I was so, so excited when I saw it. That's, 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 I think that's what's really stumped me is from the scenes like that. Yeah. Yeah, It's messing my brain. I don't like it. Oh, funny. is that like the most fun you've had doing a video, doing something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I've worked with the same group of guys on music videos up until this year for the previous five years. I am good friends of mine from college. Uh, so, so it's always fun with them and they always like just manage to bring my ideas totally to life, which is cool. And I had my real life boyfriend play the guy that I'm making out with in the chasing airplanes video which is quite fun (laughs) see getting the family involved that's what it's about yeah yeah (laughs) 
what what how how did you go about telling him you know do you want to come on a uh, on a video and kiss me as a uh, character <laughs> um well he was helping well he drove with me down from scotland with all my stuff to help me anyway and i think the idea was he was going to help me just like help the guys like set up the scene and be around like he did some of the lighting as well on the video and then once he was there we like had this idea and I think it started off with me like slapping his bum or something that was going to be it and then with the guys that were making the video with just kept taking it further and further till it just got to the point where they're like have a full-on makeup session where you both like fall all over the drum set and everything like falls all over the floor yeah it's so funny i have the outtakes of it i need to post it at some point that'd be fantastic to see i mean <laughs> i'm gonna be scrolling through your entire instagram now just to see if there is any like sudden little you know wigs coming yeah. here and there and yeah. <laughs> yeah whenever you do like a gig do you ever put on a wig and then try and wander out into the crowd to see if people recognize you no i haven't done that but that sounds like a good idea if i ever became like a, a mega star i would absolutely do that all the time <laughs> who's the most favorite person you've ever performed with on a gig um probably keith urban that yeah. was my favorite yeah because he is such an incredible performer himself and just so comfortable on stage and but just so much fun um so when I got to duet with him that was just like everyone kept asking before and after are you nervous were you nervous but he just made the whole thing so comfortable and fun that it was just yeah it was like the best moment you can actually turn around to people and say yeah I've sung with Keith Urban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite cool. That He's is a legend. I mean, when I first read that, you know, you performed, you know, on a tour with Keith, and then mm-hmm. to hear that you actually sung a duet with him, it's just like mind blown. Like, wow. Yeah. You see it you, was. You see him on the news all the time, you see him everywhere, obviously with Nicole, um, Kidman and Yeah. You just think, yeah, he he's a he's a huge star and you're really up there now. You're really <laughs> making waves. Oh, thanks. No, I feel so lucky to have all those kinds of opportunities that I've had. And I find like the the bigger the star, the nicer they are. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I don't know if you find that too. Um so that was that was just so cool. Well, in this in this kind of situation I'm in here, because I'm talking to people remotely, everybody's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love everybody. Yeah, no, that's really nice. How was it actually put to you then that you was gonna go on tour with Keith? Well, um so I just had I just got a brand new agent and met with him for the first time. And he was like, so what, you know, what kind of gigs do you want? How do you see this year panning out? And I was like, well, Keith Urban's coming to London in about six weeks and I want to open for him. And that was kind of my challenge to him as my new agent. And he made it happen. So um, so I, when I got the call that that was going to happen, I was obviously absolutely over the moon and freaking out and excited and stressed because they wanted me to do it as a band and at the time I hadn't played with a band for like two years so I needed to put a new band together um and then it was like about two weeks before 
or 10 days before Andrew, my agent, called me back and was like, Keith's asked if you would be up for singing the Carrie Underwood duet with him on stage. And I was like, oh my God. And I was just so excited (laughs) more than anything. The the fight is not an easy song to pull off either because Carrie's voice is just... I know. She, oh, I've seen her live three times and she has the most unreal voice live. Like the power and stamina that she has is so incredible. But luckily I only have to sing one song. <laughs> I don't know how I get on singing an entire set of Carrie Underwood songs. But yeah, that felt really, really privileged to do that. Is Carrie one of your go-to like karaoke kind of songs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie... Celine, Whitney. <laughs> By karaoke yeah. songs, I don't just mean standing in front of like a crowd singing in a karaoke machine. I mean in the shower, in the car, in... Oh, totally. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I, I always love those situations because I can't sing. I cannot sing for toffee. And <laughs> whenever I'm driving, I'll still belt out... Um, I'll, I'll belt out anything and I'll think I'm nailing it. Look at the car next to me and it's... Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, wincing. No, they're not enjoying it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. That's but the you're main enjoying thing. it. That is totally the main thing. Absolutely. What's the most fun you've had on tour then? Um, Backstage or on stage? I think so. I I did a European tour once with Star Sailor. And I'd never toured around Europe before. So that whole experience was amazing. I saw all these cities that I'd never been to, met so many amazing, interesting people. And when we got to Amsterdam, they were playing the Paradiso. And that was another cool time where I got to do a duet with James Walsh, the singer. He actually just asked me, what's your favorite song in our set? And you can sing it with us. And that was like their biggest sold out show on the whole tour. So that was so, so cool. And like, I, I just really like James Walsh as a person and their whole band is really nice. So just getting to like hang with them for a whole, I did some of the UK dates as well. So I think it probably ended up being like a month. Yeah. Because a lot of the tours I've done, it's been like a week here or a week there. But I think the experience of like being, like feeling part of a tour was yeah. one things yeah. i mean rubbing shoulders to shoulder with the big stars you know as a star yourself now it must feel strange <laughs> coming up from you know we go in scotland to where you are now it must be brilliant yeah i think uh, what what's been nice is that it's as i say i'm 30 now it didn't happen overnight it's been years and years of sort of building up to it so it just feels like such a great payoff every time something like that happens and uh, it feels like years of work is worth it because there's obviously in this industry so many ups and downs yeah uh, there's some real incredible highs and some awful lows you know where you turn up you like I drove to Cardiff once from Scotland to play a solo show and I got there and only two people came and it was in November and it was pouring with rain and I just cried the whole way home and but then you get like the Keith Urban moments and it's all worth it yeah that's pure dedication that yeah I mean well 
wow. In the beginning, I did, well, even until a couple of years ago, just I would drive myself a lot on the tours, kind yeah. of all over the place. Because there was no one to do it with me, really. You know, I didn't have my partner at the time. My sister worked. My friends all had jobs. My first tour I actually ever did in 2013, I was supporting Brian McFadden. And my mum did come on that one, but I'm pretty sure that was just because she fancied Brian McFadden. <laughs> Wow. I mean, wow. What what do your parents say to everything? You know, do they understand the importance of like opening for Keith and then They do. My dad um was a footballer and my mum used to be a professional horse rider. So I come from quite a competitive family that, you know, like understands ambition and what goes into pursuing a very competitive career so I think I'm quite lucky neither of them do either of those jobs anymore but they did when I was very young um so the support from them is something that I attribute to any success that I've had absolutely now I'm looking at your guitars behind you as well and I'm trying to pick out my favorite yeah which which one's (laughs) yours Hang on, I'll show you my favourite. I don't know if you can see it over there. There's a blue one. Right on at the edge. edge. Yeah. That is the cheapest one in the room, but it's my favourite. Um, it's called an Art and Luthery, and it's a Canadian brand that I just randomly discovered. But it plays so beautifully, and it looks cool. It's called Denim Blue. Oh, wow. That's... It's... Uh, the whole collection. I mean, you've got pretty much everything. <laughs> Thank you. It's, My little ukulele up there. It's so cute. It's so dinky compared to everything else. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, yeah. we've talked about you actually being this, you know, the big star now. I want to go back right to the start. You know, what was it that influenced you to actually go towards music, you know, music as a whole? Yeah. Um, well, growing up, I always loved to sing and dance act. Like I said, uh, was in musical theatre, which I thought was absolutely going to be my future and my fate, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then I think it was it was quite early on after graduating from a theatre college that I was doing these jobs, and I was like, oh, it's just there's not a lot of freedom to be creative. Whereas doing it growing up, there was, you know, you would get to make up dances, and in college they really challenged you to write your own pieces and come up with your own choreography and stuff but then when you go into the professional world you're you're performing other people's material a lot yeah and I find that quite frustrating especially being on a tour that's a year long where I'm playing the same role every night and I don't have any room to recreate it or reimagine it um and don't get me wrong I love theatre but I did start to think how could I be performing and singing but doing it in my own way. And songwriting, it honestly never crossed my mind. Yeah. And I think it's just quite quite fortunate that, as I say, on that Jekyll and Hyde tour, someone had a guitar and I, I started playing it purely out of boredom, just something to do during the day. And that songwriting came quite naturally. And I really quickly, within a f- couple of months, I was like, yeah, this, is, this feels right. I'm writing and singing about what I know and what I want to be singing about. And I had, as I say, I didn't, 
I knew the theatre world, but I didn't know anything about the music world or anyone in it, other artists, anyone in the sort of industry side of things. Uh, I just kind of took the leap and said, I'm going to do it. And at that point, I, I had been living in London and I moved back up to Glasgow, back in with my mum and dad and just dedicated a year and a half to learning guitar and writing songs and teaching singing to kids, which was the worst thing ever. Yeah. Oh, now, <laughs> how, how do you actually get your foot into actually getting into the music world? You know, who did you speak to first? Can you remember who you spoke to first and, you know, the kind of pathway you went? Yeah, um, so I started out by, my sister encouraged me to go to some open mics around Glasgow. So that was just to kind of get my confidence up and she would always come with me to them. And from there, like some people who ran the open mics would also be promoters and they'd be like, there's a small gig, um, if you can bring 10 people, you know, you can play. And these were like tiny little venues in Glasgow. So every week I would be like begging all my family members to come <laughs> along. <laughs> um, and then those small gigs started to lead to like support slots on slightly bigger gigs, places like King Tut's. Um, I would support artists there. And it just kind of grew very organically. Yeah. And yeah feels like it's been a slow snowball ever since. There's never been a moment where I felt like overnight something's happened. It has definitely been eight years of slow growth. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm kind of glad of that because probably at the time I thought I want to be Katy Perry tomorrow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I've got to grow up, you know, in a really... No, like I've had a really normal life for for the most part. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it would be like to be a superstar at twenty two. That might be a bit too overwhelming for me. Well, you you see how it's affected stars like Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift. So yeah, I mean, but that's like exactly. the that's like the extreme end of the extreme. Yeah, but I think like a lot of young artists do aspire to be. Uh, Taylor Swift like I've worked with some young songwriters and stuff and when you ask them what are your aspirations they say to be Taylor Swift but when you actually break down what's gone into that and what her life is like as a result of it there's some incredible parts but there's also some parts that just sound really hard yeah I mean you just got to watch the Miss Americana you know documentary exactly yeah what advice would you give yourself if you could speak to yourself like eight years ago um I would uh, this might sound bad (laughs) but don't be so trusting like I just kind of put my career into the hands of anyone who said who showed a bit of interest I would say especially now when you can do so much you know with social media and and with doing your own distribution of your music and stuff don't just jump in with the first person that says, you know, I'll make you a star. Whatever. <laughs> There's so much you can do on your own, definitely. I mean, you talk about movies. That is like the thing that you hear in like these movies that you see of like drama, you know, theatre actors and musicians. Yeah. You know, they always tend to jump for the first guy and then they always end up getting burnt in the end. So 
Exactly. And it definitely happens in real life. I've seen it in lots of different ways, not with myself, uh, not only with myself, but, you know, with actor friends of mine. And, and yeah, just, I would definitely tell myself to be more confident in my own abilities. Have you ever listened to your, like, early days, you know, doing music or theatre? Like, any recordings? Yeah. And you think, okay, I've, been, <laughs> I've uh, improved from there. Well, I've actually been doing it recently because I, I started a Patreon account uh, recently and I've got a bunch of new subscribers, which has been really exciting. One of the things I do is give them um, some like behind the scenes and like all kinds of content that you won't see on my normal social channels and I thought it'd be fun to give them some old demos that no one's ever heard so I started going through and it's a real mix there's some real terrible stuff and there's some stuff that I'm like oh can't believe I never did anything with that song um but yeah there's some there's definitely some some very odd things going on (laughs) so basically everybody check out Kerry's Patreon account. Patreon. Where, yeah. where can they find you on Patreon? Is there a special so it's link? Just, it's just my name, Kerry Watt. You should be able to search it, uh, Kerry, with an I. And so people can subscribe for either £5 or £10 a month. I just did it two tiers, depending on what kind of benefits people want. But it's been really useful to me throughout lockdown, not being able to earn from live shows and things like that, to keep engaged with my fans and then be able to support me too. Are you going to do like backstage videos of where you're about to go on stage kind of content? Definitely. For... Yeah. When, when we're back to that, I think there's so much more fun stuff I can be giving my patrons. But right now I'm, I'm trying to be as active as possible. And I've got so much archive footage uh, from gigs and festivals and things that I can share with them at the moment. See, that, that it's just more reasons for people to go on your Patreon. <laughs> yeah patreon and buy the music well one thing one fun thing i've started doing on patreon is um each month i i do like a poll and my patrons can vote for what cover song they want me to do so last month it was the rolling stones and the beatles and they chose the rolling stones um and then i recorded a track for them and then i give it to them as an mp3 download so they've got it forever which is quite cool oh wow that that's that's different that i mean normally people do those kind of polls to perform live as a live stream on like facebook or instagram well to yeah. actually record it and then say here you go is a is me singing that song you wanted that's brilliant yeah yeah i think they like it which is good that is unique now if you've had you've spoke to your your agent and you said okay i'd like to i'd like to perform with keith urban and then he made it happen. If you could say that again, who's the next person you'd choose? John Mayer. John Mayer. Wow, you're choosing the really yeah. good guitar players, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, been in love with John Mayer since I was 16, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, mostly his music. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Is he yeah, your whole yeah. pass? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you... Um, You've just mentioned that you're doing um, the cover songs. Have you ever done a John Mayer cover? Yeah, actually. <laughs> so I used to cover his song Queen of California all the time. Um, and, you know, when you play gigs, um, sometimes someone comes around with a PRS form and 
fills out the songs or you fill them out but sometimes they just fill it out and send it off to PRS anyway I've been playing this song so often in my set that I think the promoters thought that I wrote it so it ended up um as a song uh, uh, like as me as the writer on PRS of Queen of California oh, and then wow. I had to deal with that because it was you know I bet there was a um, a bit of a legal nightmare with that one. <laughs> well, no, it had uh, John Mayer's version up there as well, but there was obviously two versions called Queen of California, but I sorted out. It's okay now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Last thing you want is to get into a um, a royalty <laughs> battle with John Mayer. Might have been a good way to get his attention. No. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good, that, actually. Hmm. <laughs> Now, we've talked about going right at the start. Now we've gone through actually starting in music. What was it like? I know you mentioned that you didn't really fit in with like the theatre world. You know, what kind of theatre was you actually doing? Um, it was a whole mix of everything. So um, before I went to college when I was younger, I would just do sort of every show that was coming through Glasgow, Annie, Oliver, Bugsy Malone, all those kinds of young theatre shows. And then, uh, well, I lived in the States for a while. I moved out to California when I was 16 for a year uh, and I went to a theatre school there. And that was when I really sort of learned about all this other side of theatre, all these newer musicals that I didn't know anything about. I only kind of knew the classic ones. Yeah. Um, and usually it was me often playing the lead roles. Um, so it would be a bit of acting, singing and dancing. And, and then when I went to actually train properly in London, you really got into think, like all different accents and all different styles of dance, like tap, ballet, commercial dancing. At one point I thought I wanted to be a music video backup dancer. I just wanted to be in the spotlight in some way since I was born. <laughs> well, a backup dancer would have been as good as what you are now, though. I know. Now I, now I need my own backup dancers. <laughs> That's it. You know you're really making it. <laughs> no. So at the start of the show, you actually mentioned that you've actually got a future song coming out called Hellfire. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about it? Well, it's not actually one of the immediate uh, releases. I've got a few more before that, but that one uh, will be coming out later this year. And it is really written about one of those relationships that's like really bad for you, you know, that you know you shouldn't be in, but you kind of can't get away from it, like a toxic relationship. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of written, it was a written about a few experiences, a couple of romantic relationships, but also a professional relationship where I kind of, you know, the relationship wasn't working and I wanted out of it. But um, yeah, so it's, I think, a song that a lot of people will be able to relate to. And I call it my Bond theme. It's kind of big and dramatic and dark. And I'm really excited for people to hear the full version of it. There is a version of it on youtube that i did for bbc scotland so it is sort of out there but the, the recorded version is really sort of big and dramatic as you say oh can't wait for that to come out. i'm gonna have to try and find the um, bbc scotland's version yeah yeah that was like live at uh, st luke's which is a really great venue here in glasgow now you mentioned when you was talking about it you mentioned i so it's based on real 
life events. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How did that? How did you manage to get away from being in such a? I'd say it was controlling, uh, controlling <laughs> relationship. Mm. Um, well, the romantic relationship that I wrote about was one of those things that was just going round and round and round and I wasn't being treated very well, but still, you know, kept going back to it. And this is going back like quite a few years. This was sort of a retrospective song. Um, and I think it got to the point where they, they left me, even though they'd been the one treating me bad. It was like a double blow. Yeah. Horrible. Oh, that's, that's... Yeah. yeah. But that person's far in my past now. They were not very good to me. Good. But I learned a lot about what I didn't want in a partner from that relationship. That there is always the silver lining to... I know nobody should ever have to go through a relationship like that at all. Hmm. But the only good thing is it either builds a strength up in yourself... And it allows you to know what to look for. And you can, totally. you know, you can kind of get those warning signs kind of quickly. Yeah. So at least, at least you got out, you know, whether it was him that left or you that left, you know, irregardless, at least you're away from that kind of horrible situation. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Definitely. Oh. oh, it's okay. Honestly, it made me strong, super strong. Yeah. Like really, really strong. And for the first couple of years, it was like I wasn't interested in, you know, meeting anyone else. And then I go for that when I met the right person. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, when we were talking about chasing aeroplanes, that it's about a song when you're hitting 30 and then you're trying to work out, you know, how to go with your life now, whether it's kids, fa- um, families, etc. You and yeah. your boyfriend, is there any plans, anything in the future coming up? I should have actually called him my fiancé because I'm just newly engaged. Yes. <laughs> but I hadn't said that. I've never actually said that word yet. It just happened last week. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've been together like almost five and a half years now. The reason the reason why I, the reason why I said it like that was because I've noticed the ring on your finger and I've been waiting for you to. <gasps> oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, I should have mentioned it. Come on, let's 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 see the ring a bit closer. It's a beautiful sapphire. Oh, that's gorgeous. I mean, thank you. I don't know if you can <laughs> tell, but behind me, blue is my favourite colour. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was, Same. <laughs> that, that's why I was attracted think... to your walls and your denim jacket as well. It was like, oh my god! And then I saw the ring. It was like, ooh, shiny. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm very, very excited. Actually, haven't uh, officially announced it, so I guess this is the announcement. Have you told your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've had a really fun like week or two. When was it? It was two weeks ago today. Um, telling all our family and like FaceTiming our friends all over the world, which has been so so nice. Oh, that's awesome! Now, yeah, thank you. So you haven't you haven't announced it yet to anybody else? No, I haven't like told my wider friend group or put it on social media or anything. <laughs> now I feel really privileged. Yeah, you're the you're going to be the person to share the news. That's. I've got to say, your fiancé is very, very great taste. It's such a gorgeous ring. Thank you. Yeah, I really, really love it. It's um, it's just like, it looks like a little drop of ocean water. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes me feel really calm whenever I look at it. That, that's so... See, that's perfect. That's a perfect song right there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, no, I actually told my friend Jessica Sharman, who's a songwriter that's written with a lot of uh, acts that you probably know, actually. Ward Thomas, Sarah Darling, people like that. Yeah. Um, and she and I, a few years ago, when I think Dave and I hadn't been together that long, we wrote a song called Ocean. And the, so- the chorus was, I want to love like the ocean. And it was about him. And she said, now you've got your little bit of ocean. <laughs> So oh, that's quite sweet. That's, <laughs> that is oh, made for each other. It's I like, know. Oh, I can't be any more happier. Oh my! Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's it. I've noticed as soon as we started talking about the ring and the engagement, you just got this glow and. <laughs> oh, I'm very, very, very excited. It just feels feels like the perfect time. You know, like we both work on the road a lot and have had years of him being away, me being away. And this last six months is, you know, the longest period of time that we've spent with neither of us having to run off somewhere. So it's just, that's really exciting. See, normally people get frustrated and kind of like tear the walls to get away, but it's it's nice to hear the opposite. Yeah. We are very good uh, friends at the core of it. Have you got like ideas for the actual wedding day? Or I know obviously we can't plan anything as such. I say we, yeah. obviously you can't plan anything as such yeah. yet. <laughs> I think with everything going on, um, I don't want to rush into planning something and then suddenly, you know, restrictions are back or whatever. So I think it'll be next summer. It probably end, maybe this time next year. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, nobody yeah. nobody ever wants a long engagement. No, no. And I feel so sorry for it. I've got a couple of friends who were supposed to get married this year and had already been engaged like a year and a half and now they're having to postpone it a whole other year, which sucks. So That's brilliant. Is, is he in the room at the moment? No, <laughs> he's outside cutting some wood, actually. That is so... That is that's really manly, that. <laughs> No, we're um because we're making shelves for the new kitchen, and he's massively into DIY, and so he's out there with his electric saw cutting some wood for the shelves. <laughs> oh, he's he's sounds perfect. I mean, I I love my DIY Lovely. as well. You know, as soon as yeah. I can get the electric saw out, it's like out. Yeah. Is yeah. It, did he do the like wooden um, centerpiece behind you? He did. Yeah. It looks so smart. It looks like it's been bought. Yeah. It's literally just this guy down the road was selling like wooden pallets, you know, so we just bought them and then kind of tore them up and chopped them up and he, Dave, like, yeah, nailed them into the wall. I know. It's so simple, but so effective. Yeah. You've got the fairy lights around it. I think the lights and the plants make it look a bit more magical. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a country music podcast and I love talking about furniture. Yeah, there's <laughs> that a recurring theme. Yeah, I, one of the, um, like, like I say, before the actual podcast begin, I always say, go on a tangent, just talk about anything. And this is the kind of thing, you know, we just, I just enjoy the whole yeah. life stories. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Now, because we're getting towards <laughs> the end of the podcast, I think this is a nice time to replug your new song. Absolutely, yeah. So Jessie, she's been out three weeks now. Um, it's a kind of uh, folk 
folky pop, upbeat, it is deceivingly upbeat and positive sounding. My inspiration for the for the like production of it was uh, Katrina and the Waves Walking on Sunshine. But once you listen closely to the lyrics a couple of times, you'll learn the true story of Jesse. So, so the song is available now on all streaming platforms. Um, and I'm talking about it a bit on my social channels and everything is just quite simply my name, Kerry Watt, Kerry with an I. And it's the one with the blue tick. That's the one. <laughs> right, how Was it your agent that sorted out the blue tick or did you have to go through the rigmarole yourself? So the thing with the blue tick was we'd applied for it a couple of times and it just hadn't come through. And I'd heard from people like I've got a friend who's a swimmer, like uh, I guess he, I think he swam in like the Commonwealth Games or something like that. Um, and he was like, my blue tick just appeared one day. I didn't even apply for it. Guess when mine just appeared magically. When? It was the morning after the Keith Urban gig. <laughs> you see? Just, it's yeah. Made to be. So I, I don't know if there was someone at the gig who worked for Instagram or, or like Keith Urban had, um, you know, like posted about me and I was in his stories and stuff. So maybe someone saw it, but yeah, it just appeared and, and there it was. That, that's the big thing. I mean, I've, I've tried applying for it. I can't get it yet because you've got to have some form of a publication about you with somebody with a certain amount of followers and or, right. or like a news publication, like a review or a newspaper article, that kind of thing, so they can trace it back mm -hmm. just to prove yeah. that you are a person of interest. Yeah. So, yeah, it just shows, you know, being in those gigs, it does showcase you, and rightfully so, because you're fantastic. Oh, thank you. And it's <laughs> only going to be a short amount of time before it's you performing these big, big stages, hopefully. Hope so, yeah. Hopefully, out of lockdown soon. Yeah. Okay, so we've got all the socials out of the way. What I like to do right at the end of the podcast is ask a couple of, like, debate-ish kind of questions. <sighs> okay. Now, it's, it's a common one. Now, Jaffa Cakes... To you, oh. are they a cake or a biscuit? Uh, uh, well, they're in the biscuit aisle at Tesco, right? Yeah. But I would probably call them a cake. Okay. I don't know. But have you tried the new pineapple ones? They're so good. I love the pineapple ones. They also do the um, strawberry-flavoured one as well. Oh, I haven't tried those. Oh, you're going to have to see if you can find them. If you can't find them, I think my well, local Tesco's has loads of them. So I'll... Really? I'll try and send one up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have a look at my Tesco next time I'm in. Oh, I love the straw. I just love Jaffa Cakes, to be honest. They're amazing. Me too. What it, would you say they are? Oh, that's evil. You can't ask me that question. <laughs> Why? You see, I like... Um, I'm interested. I always, I always used to say they're a cake, but then so many people have convinced me that there could be a biscuit. I mean, right. Ben Leonard, he said that if I, you can dunk it like a biscuit. I know uh -huh. some people don't like dunking Jaffa cakes, but I do. Um, right. But if you can dunk it, it's a biscuit. But then it's got yeah. a sponge and it's got a fruit-flavoured middle bit and then chocolate on top, so it's a cake. Mm. So me and mm. Linda Conway from Voice of a Woman... We've decided to call them Jaffa Nuggets because it's like in between a cake and a biscuit. 
And we couldn't okay. call it a casket because a casket sounds too close to casket. And that's yeah. a bit that's yeah. a, it's a bit morbid. You um, could call it a bake. A bake. A Jaffa bake. A biscuit cake, yeah. A Jaffa cake Jaffa. bake. That's yeah. got such a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've I'm one of those indecisive people that just wants to sit on the fence and sit in the middle, but I'd still say it was a cake. I'm still going with cake. I think so. Second question. Pineapple on pizza? No way. No No way. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, that is just no. (laughs) Why? You, You can't just say no. I just... Well, I actually do quite like mixing sweet and savoury, but something about that just is just wrong. Is it <laughs> is it like the whole cooked fruit? Or is it the fact that yeah, it's like a no, wet fruit? To be fair, right, I like missing, mixing sweet and savoury, but I don't like mixing fruit with savoury. Like, I'm not into, like, strawberries and salads. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Just, it's, it's not right. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I've had strawberries and salad once, and I wasn't a big fan. I mean, oranges and salad can go if it's like a certain type of orange, like a Mandarin kind of thing, mm. and in like a foreign country where it's French. <laughs> yeah, not not maybe like in Spain or somewhere, but not in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Last mm. one. Last mm-hmm. one. Marmite. Hate no. it. I love it. Band. Band. My. House. <laughs> what about your fiance? What's his no, opinion actually, on? He loves it, and I hate it. <laughs> Even more reason to ban it then. Yeah, no, it's not really banned, but I <laughs> no, it's not for me. Absolutely not. <laughs> really, I thought you put like um, sensors at the door that detects if marmite's entered. <laughs> I love Nutella. Oh, Nutella's like another level. Yeah, I mean, definitely. What's your favorite kind of like spread? Is it like Nutella? Because you can get Biscoff. You can get mm. peanut butter. Obviously, jam is a spread. I think the Nutella, definitely. You see, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love Biscoff. It's just such a... I don't know if I've actually ever tried that. It's a... Um, have you ever had Lotus Biscuits? Lotus Biscoff Biscuits. Do they come in little red... Little red packages. Pack? Yeah, yeah. You get them like on the side of like a tea or coffee Cup of tea, or yeah. Yeah. Um, but they've actually got like that as a spread. It's really, really nice. Mm. I mean, I've, I like them on crumpets, but I like the a bit like chocolate spread on toast kind of thing, but biscuit yeah. on toast. Sounds nice. I'm going to try it. When you're in Tesco buying your strawberry Jaffa cakes, you need to get some biscoff yeah. spread as well. Yeah. Okay, I'll add it to my list. <laughs> All right. So that's like the debatious questions done. Now, the last lot of questions is like a night out. So, mm-hmm. before we go out on a night out, we have a, we have a drink. Um, not an alcoholic drink, a, like a coffee or a tea. What's your preference, coffee or tea? I don't drink coffee, and I only drink herbal tea occasionally. Herbal tea? Not, actually, not actually big into hot drinks. What you, what's your kind of go-to drink then? <laughs> I drink a lot of water. <laughs> That's what this Lots is. Of- yeah. All I ever drink is water now. Yeah, I love lots and lots of water. <laughs> what about like fruit drinks? You know, do you ever drink squash or pineapple juice? Ooh, pineapple juice. See, I do like pineapples, just not on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you like pineapples, but you don't like them on pizza. Is it the whole fact of putting it with like the bread? I mean, I'm going back to the pineapples now. I think it's the cheese. <laughs> I think cheese and fruit is not. No, I can get that actually. Too much cheese. Yeah. Man. I mean, I like cheese on a pizza, but I don't like too much cheese either. Yeah. Like when you have a cheese platter, I never eat the grapes from it because I just think grapes with cheese, no, they're just separate. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> never, <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah, I, t- I totally get that. I mean, if you don't like pineapple with cheese on pizza, then you won't like anything like that. What? No. <laughs> what is, what, do you eat anything that's like... Scream? Actually, I just thought of an exception. Oh, go on. Brie and cranberry. That oh, works. Yeah. 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 Cranberries and like a... Do you have like roast dinners, like like Christmas? Mm, not me personally, but I'm a veggie, so ah. I don't eat. But I, yeah, I, I'll have like the the cranberry sauce with a spoon. See, this is what I should ask first: Are you a veggie? Or are you a meat eater? <laughs> See, I'm learning. Yeah. So what kind of like meals do you go for then as a vegetarian? You know, what's like your go-to restaurants? I mean, as um, a meat eater, I never know. Yeah, well, I mean, I eat lots of pizza <laughs> um, and pasta, but we make loads of things like veggie tacos. We had tacos last night, so you can make them with like sweet potato, feta, um, and obviously peppers, onions, um, I make jambalaya a lot, a veggie jambalaya. There's so many good meat alternatives now. So you can just make, like there's this sort of chorizo alternative that I use for a jambalaya, which is delicious. Veggie chili, amazing. Yeah. Uh, stir fries. Yeah, so much good, so much good food. Do you go for like the easy meals sometimes, like the Linda McCartney stuff or like corn? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like corn stuff. And Linda McCartney's uh, sausage rolls are amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. I, I like Linda McCartney's um, chorizo, uh, red chorizo sausages. I can't remember what's exactly yeah. in them. But they taste right. really good, really flavoursome. Yeah. I've not Her had the sausage rolls right oh, they They taste really similar to the vegan sausage rolls from Greg's. Yeah. Which are so good. Are they? I've not, I've not been to Greg's in ages. I mean, I used to do Slim World for a bit, so I've. It's like three, four years since I've last been to a Greg's. Oh well, um, whenever I'm on tour, you know, we're at like service stations every day <laughs> in venues, uh, so I always go to the Greg's to get vegan sausage roll. They actually just taste because I, I haven't always been a veggies. Um, they just taste like like the normal Greg's sausage rolls. I don't know how they do it. Magic is the secret <laughs> ingredient. Yeah. It's them Geordies from Newcastle. They're just so clever. Yeah. Food scientists. Okay, let's let's go back to the timeline then. So we've had our drink, which was water. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to go out now. Where do you like to go? Do you like to go to a club, a pub, or a bar? A bar. Or, or a pub, depending, I suppose depending on what city I'm in. I used to live in Brighton, and I just loved all the pubs around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe I'd say a pub then. A pub? Okay. Yeah. What's, what's your go-to drink in a pub? 
Mm, a Coke. A Coke? Do you not drink? I'm not very interesting, am I? <laughs> I'm a non-alcohol drinking vegetarian. <laughs> that's, you be you. That's the main thing. That's, that's... To be fair, no, sometimes I'm not like fully teetotal or anything, but um, I would only really have a drink if I was like a cocktail on holiday or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't ask the last question now because it doesn't really fit. Because normally the last question is when you're walking home, you're mm-hmm. a bit tipsy, you're a bit drunk, and you want something to eat. And it'd be like, you know, where would you go? Would you go to like a kebab shop? But I still want yeah. something to eat, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not if you, because you, if you don't get drunk, then you don't fancy the dirty food. I do. I always do. What What's your go to <laughs> food? A chippy. Chippy? Oh, can't be yeah, chippy. Yeah, cheese and chips in a roll. Oh, that's awesome. Can't be cheesy yeah. chips. Definitely not. It's the best. I'm actually having that for dinner tonight. Really? Yeah, we're going to meet some friends at Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where everybody's hanging out now at the Chippy? Well, there's this pub not far from here that was closed like because of lockdown and it started doing this thing where they would, on a Friday night, they do fish and chips um and like just as a takeaway but it's in it's like out in the countryside so we just take our car and like pull up and sit in the boot of our car us and our friends and like sit in a little powwow and get the takeaway chips and sit and like sort of eat them outside and it's quite fun that's awesome that's yeah that reminds me of what it used to be like 20 years ago i mean i'm 27 now and Obviously, before this whole technology and the amount of fast food that's out there now, literally, you get a tenner off your mum, go down to Chippy and get food for three families and yeah. meet up with everybody. Yeah, it's. I love that. That's one thing that I just love. This has brought back. You know, everyone's kind of slowed down. Everyone's got more time. Like, because I say we live quite far out and a lot of our friends live in Glasgow in the city and they would normally be like, oh, it's too far to come out to you. But now everyone's kind of, you know, everyone's a lot more chill and they're like, yeah, come out and spend the night sitting out in the countryside eating chips. See, that, that's that's what life's made of. I'm going to leave it on that now. That's, yeah, that's such a nice chips. happy ending. <laughs> so, totally. just as a final reminder, Jesse, where can we find it? Um, so Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, um, Deezer, the video is on YouTube. I filmed that with my fiancé <laughs> during lockdown. It's a DIY video, uh, which is really fun using a projector, a projector. Um, on, a white, on a white wall. So, yeah, Jessie is out. And the next single from my upcoming EP, Chapter One, is out in a couple of weeks. It's a cover of one of my very favourite songs. I won't tell you what the song is, but it is by the band Need to Breathe, who's one of my favourite American bands. Oh, wow. Can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> See, more exciting news. I love it. <laughs> Thank oh. you for coming on. It's been brilliant talking to you. It's been, it's been really fun. It's just felt like catching up with a friend. Thanks for having me. See, that's what it's about. It's about relaxing and just having a chinwag. Totally. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chats on all things country music.